Hello and welcome to Kid Men Talk. Carl Bastian here, founder of Kidology.org. Well, it's election season and blogs and Facebook and the airwaves are burning with political news and the latest polls and updates on how the candidates are doing. Well, I'm a political junkie, not only because I love our nation, but because I believe every citizen ought to use the freedoms that have been bought at so high a price on the battlefields of the world. And so guess who I'm voting for? I am voting for you and for kids. That's right, in a far more important battle than for our nation, which I think is a critically important battle this year, what happens at the polls in November pales to what will happen for all of eternity because of what you do every week for kids. And a great price was paid for their freedom as well, their eternal freedom. So you have my vote and my support. Keep up the good work. That's why Kidology and Kidman Talk is here. Thanks for your encouragement via email at carl at kidmantalk.com or Twitter at kidmantalk and for joining the conversation in our forums. Politics has its cycles, but today I'd like to talk about ministry cycles and how to keep fresh and renewed in our ministries, no matter what's going on out there in the world of politics. So let's talk Kidman. And talk Kidman, we will. But first, right out of the gate, I just want to say a thank you to those of you who drop an email or a tweet or participate in the forums. It is so encouraging and it helps make this a two-way conversation. I also want to just drop a couple of training opportunities into your sphere of knowledge that might not be there. Now, obviously, I am always pushing and promoting the Children's Pastors Conference. If you have never been to one, I'm not going to take a lot of time this week to, but other than to say to go to incm.org and check it out. I've just got confirmed that I will be in San Diego. I'm pretty sure that I'll be speaking in Orlando. haven't got the official word on that, but I will be there and helping out in the Disciple Land booth, helping to answer questions about Disciple Town and um, it's a fantastic opportunity. But not everybody, I understand, has the ability and the funds to travel and the lodging and the conference registration, all that. So I'm going to let you know about two other opportunities that you might want to take advantage of. If you are within driving distance of St. Louis, Missouri, I just found out that the Children's Ministry Expo is going to be happening again. I heard it was canceled, and I guess I heard wrong. So check out childrensministryexpo.com, just like it sounds. It's 39 bucks for tons of exhibitors. They've added um, speakers and performers. Phil Vischer's going to be there and uh, all kinds of great stuff. It's just a one-day event. In fact, if you register by November 30th, it's only $30, and just a great way. I don't know yet whether I'll be there. I would like to be there. I will have just gotten back from CPC, and so um, I haven't really negotiated that with my wife yet. But it, it looks like a fantastic event, and that is uh, childrensministryexpo.com, and that is January 25th, and it's in St. Louis, Missouri. But there's another opportunity. It's coming up really fast, and it is called the Engage Children's Conference. It is put on by the Engaged Children's Ministry Network, and it's in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Just go to engagechildren.org. This is a fantastic conference. It's incredibly affordable. It's November 9th through 10th. I'm going to be there doing workshops, but tons of 
other people are. Sue Miller is going to be there. There's over 50 workshops. If you are within, I mean, even six to eight hours driving distance from the Engaged Children Conference, I think you need to be there. You need to make the time to get out there, get equipped, get encouraged. I'm going to be there. In fact, I'm so excited about this. I'm, I am flying a Moody Bible Institute student out there to join me and to just soak up this conference as well. And um, I want you to be there. I would love to meet you and be able to Kidman talk with you in person. So check out the Engage Children Conference and um, make that something that you can do. It's just coming up here in a couple of weeks and uh, probably would be a great encouragement to them to have some Kidology folks come and say, hey, heard about it on Kidman Talk. So I would love for you to take advantage of that. But make some planning, uh, some training rather, a part of your planning for next year. But here's one that's coming up really quick. And if you're on the East Coast, here's a great opportunity for you. Children's Ministry Expo dot com as well as the children's I mean excuse me engagedchildren.org children's ministry expo.com and of course CPC if you can manage that it is a life changing experience and of course there's many others out there I don't mean anything negative by not mentioning them uh, we are just in a blessed era where there are so many opportunities to be equipped and encouraged in children's ministry. I remember when there was very little and so we celebrate um, all these opportunities all over the country. Well, I remember a story about a truck driver who was uh, driving down the road. He had a big yellow rig and uh, was a well-known brand and he was driving down the road trying to make a delivery and he had some handwritten instructions that were given to him about where he was to take this um, cargo of uh, equipment. And um, But there was something wrong. I mean, you've been given handwritten directions before, right? They get you almost to where you're going, but there's something not quite right about the instructions. And so, you know, you, you get there and, and there's something that's either confusing or misunderstood or not quite written out right or the, the physical environment doesn't seem to match up with what's written on the paper. And that's what this guy was going through. So he, he would get off the highway right where it said to get off and... And he would, uh, you know, turn right where it said to turn right, and he would follow the directions and turn left where he thought to turn left, and that he would get all turned around, and and um, he just wouldn't find the uh, warehouse or the business where he was supposed to be delivering this shipment, and he thought, well, I, I must just be not following these directions right, so he would just go back to the main intersection where he'd got off the highway and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get back on the highway, and I'm going to go back an exit. And, uh, and just do it over again because I, I must have goofed up with all these instructions. So that's what he did. He'd get back on the highway and he'd go back about five miles and get off the next exit and just go across the bridge and come down on the right side and get back on the highway and, and even more intently follow those directions. And so he would pull off on the side just at the same direction, take a right turn and he'd follow these directions and he'd go down and turn left and turn right and look for this landmark and that landmark. And then the warehouse wasn't there. And he thought, I, I must be doing something. There's, there's something I'm not seeing or I'm not doing right. So he went back to that main intersection, got back on the highway, he drove back the five miles and got off and, and got back on. He, he went back. He got off at the same exit. Yeah, you're supposed to get off on the right and, and turn right and then go down and turn left. And he went through all those instructions again and, and he couldn't find this business. Well, he repeated this cycle 
I mean, he was going crazy. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but he, he went through this cycle of following these directions. It must have been five, six, seven, eight, maybe almost ten times. And he finds out this is ridiculous. This is crazy, you know. I'm, I've, I've got to ask for help. So he finally noticed on his last time pulling off the highway that there was a gas station right there in the corner. Now, do you remember the days before GPSs when gas station attendants were, you know, known, uh, they were the, the human embodiment of GPSs. And so he pulls into the gas station with his big yellow truck and he gets out and kind of slams the door, tries to compose himself so he doesn't look so angry. And he walks into the to the gentleman behind the counter and he says, you know what, I'm sorry to bother you. I, I know you probably hate people asking you for directions because you're right off the highway. But you know what, I'm really trying to find this place and I've got these directions. He says, would you take a look at these directions and tell me if you can figure out you know, where this business is? And the guy says, you know what, I, I don't even need to look at the directions. He says, I have seen about eight of your guys come by here. If you just wait here five minutes, I'm sure the next guy is going to come by and you can just follow him. <laughs> now, I don't know if you're getting that joke, but that guy in the shop, in the gas station, he thought it was like eight employees or eight truckers from the same company, you know, all getting off and going, and that this poor sap, you know, was like the ninth or tenth guy. And of course, he had to say to him, uh, those were all me. I am in, I am lost. I do not know where I'm going. And I've been doing the same thing over and over and over, and it's not working. And I'm not getting where I'm going. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that joke uh, illustrates how you might feel in ministry. Maybe you've, you've got some directions you're following. Maybe someone else gave them to you and they're not exactly clear. Or maybe they're just directions that you inherited as you took over a ministry from someone else. And you've been following them and they're not quite working. Or, you, or maybe they're working fine, but you're doing them over and over and over. But you're not really getting where, where you want the ministry to be. Or maybe you're playing getting bored of driving the same route over and over and over. And you're losing some of that excitement in ministry. Well, ministry has cycles, just like life has cycles. Remember when you were a kid, how long it took for Christmas to arrive? I mean, my son starts asking me in March when it's going to be Christmas. And I hate to tell, you know, a young six-year-old that, you know, it's like one-fifth of your life away. You know, it's, it's really far away. And as adults, we're like, oh man, is it Christmas already? We got to get the Christmas lights out and we got to do decorating. We got to start shopping. Not that we don't enjoy it, but it just seems to come so fast because these cycles of ministry. I mean, I remember how in my 20s, the age, that decade seemed so incredibly long to me. And when I turned 30, I thought, man, I was 20-something forever. And then when I turned 40, I was like, it was a blink. What happened in my 30s? My, my 20s felt so long. And then when I kind of analyzed it, I realized there was so much variety in my 20s. I went from college through seminary, through multiple ministries and getting married. And there were so many different experiences in those 20s. But in my 30s, every year was very much like the year before. I kind of did the same things every year, the same ministry things every year. Didn't have as much ministry change. And so the time went so much 
faster. And that's how it can be in ministry when you find yourself doing the same thing. So as we approach the fall here and we're getting into November and we're going to get into December, it's time to start thinking about 2013 and not New Year's resolutions, but how do I break some of these ministry cycles? And as you start thinking about planning, you start thinking about what can I do to not get stuck in a rut? If I'm following the same old worn out, maybe bad instructions that were just given to me, or maybe I wrote them, but I'm not really getting where I want to go. And I just want to offer you a short acronym of some things to ponder and to think about as you contemplate these cycles of ministry and having some variety and change in your life and in your ministry going forward. The first is going to be, as we spell out the word cycles, is going to be the letter C, and that is to clear the calendar. It's so important to not operate on the assumption that you have to do what you did last year. Don't do anything because you've done it before. Start fresh. Before you put anything on your calendar, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And if you don't have a strong and convincing answer, I'd say don't do it. You need to completely clear your calendar. I would start with a blank calendar. I've, I've said many times before in the forum and probably on this show, you need to fire yourself and pretend that you are starting brand new. You need to come in with those eyes that say, if I were hired today and I were to evaluate my current ministry as though I was the new hire looking at the previous leader, what would I think? What would I go, yeah, I get rid of that. Oh, I would add that. What would I start that? And don't get defensive. Don't start right away with the, I can't change that. My senior pastor makes me do it. It's the sacred cow of the church. The founding, you know, people said there shall always be a vacation Bible school or a bus ministry. Don't start with the negative. There's you. Some things, it's true, you can't change. Other things can be changed, but you start by clearing it all, laying it before the Lord and saying, what are the most important things that need to go in my calendar? And put them in first. And a little hint, they might not be programs. They might be things in your personal life. They might be things for your family. They may be dates. They may be things with your kids. You may need to go through and put your kids' uh, school events on the calendar. You may need to go through and put baseball schedule. If you like baseball, you may need to put some um, sports games on your calendar, some things that are personal on the calendar. Make sure that later you're not going, oh, man, I planned a church event on that day. That's not a sin, all right, to put some personal things on first. Men who are listening, let me challenge you to open up your calendars and open up to the month of May and right now, before you've made any decisions, block out May 19 through 23 of 2013. That is Yosemite Summit. Now, only four more guys can come, but every year I take a small group of guys to Yosemite National Park, the place on earth where God got the closest to sitting because he showed off a little bit his creative abilities, the tallest granite cliffs you've ever seen, some of the tallest waterfalls in the world, and while it is one of the highest visited national parks in America, I've become a Yosemite expert and I know where we hike and we hardly run into any hikers because most of the Yosemite visitors stay there in the valley. 
and we stay in a luxurious lodge in Yosemite West. We hike some incredible trails. We bond. We leave ministry behind. We pray. We read our Bibles, and we reconnect. And it's not a conference. It's called the Unconference for Children's Ministry. I call it an unconference because there's no workshops, just worship, no resources, just relationships, no networking, just God working. You might need to clear your calendar and put something like Yosemite Summit on your calendar, maybe a marriage conference if your marriage needs some refreshment. You need to plan something for your anniversary. But then you go back to ministry and you say, what are the things that are most important? And put those on first. One of the blessings I had in my last full-time ministry was when my pastor said to me at the beginning, I don't want you to be calendar-driven. I want you to be ministry-driven. If, if a ministry ends up putting something on the calendar, great. But I don't want you looking at a calendar and saying, oh, it looks blank. I need to fill it. So I'll do a pizza night or I'll do an overnighter or I'll do a mini golf thing. Because he said so many youth pastors, he was not criticizing youth pastors. He was speaking from his own personal experience as a youth pastor. So many youth pastors are so calendar-driven. They, they start out with a blank calendar, and they fill their calendar with events. And he said, I don't want you to run the kids' ministry that way. He said, I want you to be ministry-driven. And he said, if you have a month that has no events, other than, of course, showing up on Sunday and doing the regular programs, he said, I'm okay with that if it's because the ministry didn't call for any events that month. If you're discipling kids, if there's other things going on, you know, however the ministry unfolds. So clear the calendar. Don't be driven by the calendar. Number why in cycle is to yield to God. Now that sounds so spiritual, but what does that mean? I want you to ask yourself, what have you done lately that has come out of prayer? I love when people tell me, man, God has just laid this idea in my heart and I'm coming up with this new program or I'm writing this curriculum or I'm, I'm trying this thing because God's just given me a passion that kids need this or kids need that or we're not addressing this. And so I've come up with this idea of a way I can do that in my ministry. And I think that is so cool. I mean, there are a, mi a million amazing products and resources and curriculums out there. I produce some to share with you. I could just rattle off a zillion big publishers, small publishers. Kinology helps facilitate especially a lot of those small publishers and get those resources out. They can save you a lot of work. But when God gives you an idea and you put that extra work into it to create it yourself, that's exciting. All right, If you're not gifted in that way, that doesn't have to be creating a program or a resource. But what crazy idea are you pursuing because God has laid something on your heart? Or... Are you so busy running programs and maintaining the things that God laid on your heart or someone else's heart in the past that there's no room to be sensitive to his leading today? So you, you've got to have room. You've got to have margin to be praying and asking God, what do you want me to do? And then there's got to be room in the calendar for those things. So as you plan and you think about 2013, you've got to leave some room for that great idea God gives you in April. You can't say, well, sorry, God, I already booked up the entire year. So you got to start praying about, God, what kind of things do you want me to do that will break the ministry cycle? The C, the second C in cycles, is to commit to the best. All right? I, I have some news for you. If you haven't figured this out, you need to. Hopefully most of you have, but you can't do 
everything. All right? And along with that, you can't please everyone. The sooner you learn that, the healthier you'll be. It took me a long time to learn that. I had to reach a point of brokenness to finally learn that. So you've got to determine what is best. And of course, you know I love acronyms, right? I think the ministry best is the stuff that's bold, it's excellent, and it's super terrific, all right? So if something can't be described that way, maybe it's time to let it go, all right? And even if something is great, even if it worked, that doesn't mean you have to do it every year. You know, one of my best tips that I'm giving people all the time with children's ministry with kids is to stop while they still love it. I mean, if you're playing a game with kids and you play it too long and they're bored at the end, next time you go to play it, they remember the last associated emotion with that game, which is boredom. Even though they loved it for a half hour, if they hated it for the last five minutes, next time you bring the game up, they're like, oh, not that again. And you're like, what? You loved it for 30 minutes. Yeah, but we hated it for the last five minutes. But if you play that game for 20 minutes and when you quit playing the game, they're like, no, we want to keep playing that awesome game. The next time you bring that game out, they're like, yeah, let's play that game again. It's the same thing with great ministry ideas. If you score at a great ministry idea, doesn't mean do it every year. They're going to get tired of it. You might need to withhold that great idea and bring it back another year or two years later so everyone goes, oh yeah, we're going to do that thing again. I just heard that a great friend of mine who does some of the most awesome um, Halloween alternative outreaches isn't doing anything for Halloween this year. At first, I was shocked to hear that. And then I thought, that is incredibly smart because this year there's probably going to be a lot of people going, hey man, how come Pastor so-and-so, I don't want to say his name, how come Pastor so-and-so is not doing a Halloween outreach? Well, my guess, personally, because I know him, is he probably just needed a break because he's such an awesome pastor. His pastor keeps giving him more stuff to be in charge of, and he probably figured something's got to give. And he said, you know what, I'm not going to do that this year. Not in a bitter or bad way, but just he needed something to give. So what he did is he told every department in his church, you each do what uh, you want to do. If you don't want to do something, you don't have to. If you want to. Um, go all out and do your own thing in your own class or your own club or your own program. And uh, But he's not doing a big church-wide thing. But you know what could happen, and I haven't talked to him about this because someone told me indirectly, next year people could be like, man, we really want that. We really miss that. And if he does it next year, the enthusiasm and the excitement and the buy-in and the support will probably be double than it was last year because they miss it. So just because something's a great idea doesn't mean you have to do it every year. So you do the best stuff and then you let the good go. Focus on the best, let the good go. It's not a matter of just doing the good stuff and not doing the bad. It's only doing the best. So commit to the best. The L is to learn from the past. All right, what's worked? What hasn't worked? And remember, just because something's worked doesn't mean you have to do it again or do it every year. But learn from the past and evaluate. All right, you know, Einstein said, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you cannot expect different results. Some people have changed that and said stupidity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So we got to learn from the past. We got to be willing to say what worked, what didn't work, and learn from the past and also learn from others, which leads us right into the next letter, letter E, evaluate everything. And that does mean everything, all right? Now, I know there's going to be programs you can't cancel, okay? You can't necessarily cancel Sunday school if you have a Sunday school or cancel children's church. There's going to be programs you can't cancel, but that doesn't mean you can't evaluate them. 
You can't change how they're done. We had a really stagnant Sunday school one time, and it was getting really boring. And as we evaluate that and said, well, I can't cancel Sunday school, but what, what can I do? We started having a joint gathering all together for the first 20 minutes where everyone was together. We honored the birthdays and the visitors. We sang a couple songs. We had some um, some um, singing. And then we I got these two big trophies. I still have them yeah, way up in my closet. One was the Wonder Worker Trophy. And we awarded this trophy to a wonder worker every week. And they got to display it in their classroom until next week. And then we had a super class trophy for the class who had memorized most verses and brought their Bibles and memorized scripture verses and did, brought their take-home sheets back. You know, just a bunch of things. We added up all those points and they became the super class or whatever. And they got that trophy. And if the class got the wonder worker and the class trophy in the same week, oh man, you know, it was just, it was great. And, um, and so we just awarded those trophies and we just had an opening time. And so you just got to be willing to evaluate everything and see what can you do differently. And um, it's okay to evaluate. You need to do that and make adjustments. And sometimes you just need to try something new and say, you know, we're going to try this. We're going to see how it works. If you end up going back to the way it was, that's not the end of the world. Kids love things that are new. And the last one is going to be the hardest for some people. If you want to break the cycle of ministry, you've got to be able to do this. And It's the letter S. And if you already peeked at the show notes, you know what it is, but I'm going to say it three times. Simplify, simplify, simplify. I said it three times because few leaders take this to heart. I know I didn't for a long time, and I still struggle with it. All right? I have been ready at Kidology. If you only knew, we have been ready to launch incredibly huge things. And when I have found that it's been putting me over the edge or we weren't ready to do it with excellence, I've, I've had to say we're not doing it. We're not launching this. We're canceling this. Yeah, we could, we could make money doing this. Yes, it's a great thing. Yes, it will impact people. And I've had to say, but you know what? This is going to violate my commitment to keep my life simple. And to keep the lives of my employees simple. I'm going to kill myself and kill everyone. And everyone's going to hate me. We're all going to hate each other. And we're going to be pushing to do this thing. And we've had to kill some pretty awesome things. If I were to tell you about them, you'd be like, what? Those are awesome. You should be doing that. we say, I know. But sometimes it's it's just time. You might have the money. You might have the resources. You might have the people. But it's just a matter of keeping your life simple. People will say with their mouths that ministry is people. But they have no time for people. If you want to have time for people, you have to have less programs, less meetings, less administration, and less of whatever is keeping you from people. It's really that simple yeah, and that difficult, I know. But it's not impossible. It just takes a determination that you're not going to kill yourself for the ministry. There's a post on Kidology, I'll link it in the show notes, called Take Your Life Back from the Church. If the church is killing you to where you, you know, secretly, deep down inside, you'd never tell anybody, but you know who you are if you're listening, you secretly hate your job. I mean, you love your job, but you hate, you hate how it makes you feel. I mean, you're conflicted on exactly how to say that sentence. Then, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the solution is to simplify your job, simplify your life. Don't do so much. Break that cycle of having so much to do that you can't get it done every day and you just got to cancel some stuff. And there's some other podcasts where I've gotten into this in more detail, but it's just saying no to some things. 
It's combining meetings, canceling meetings, not showing up for some meetings, letting some people be disappointed in you, and it's okay. It's possible. And so when you think about those things, clearing the calendar, yielding to God, committing just to do the best, learning from the past, evaluating everything and simplifying your life, what you end up with as you look forward is a simpler ministry. You don't have to do everything you hear in every workshop and every conference and have every ministry. And what happens is you break the cycle of being like the hamster in the wheel that's going around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And, you know, there's probably a reason hamsters only live for two years. Because they, they just go, 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 go. And so what you've got to do is you've got to break that cycle. So that's, that's my challenge to you this week is to think about those cycles of ministry. What's good? What do you want to keep? What do you want to let go? What's annual that could be semi-annual? And build some breathing room and some margin into your life. And if you do that, not only will you be thankful, your family will be thankful, your spouse, your kids, and you'll be modeling something for your volunteers and the leaders under you as well. I mean, look at the life and ministry of Jesus. He walked everywhere. He didn't have an iPhone. He didn't maintain a website. You know, he just had time for people. And we can say flippantly, ah, that was a different time. That was a different era. Yeah, that's true. But do you think if Jesus were here and now in 2012, do you think he would be as crazy busy as we are? Do you think he'd be constantly, you know, tweeting and Facebooking and you know, doing all the stuff that we're doing? Yeah, I don't think so. So I think we can ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And I think he would have our ministry cycles be a little bit slower. Well, thanks again for joining me on Kidman Talk. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, email simplycarl at kidmantalk.com. If you're a tweeter, it's simply at Kidman Talk. And of course, you can join in the conversation in the forum linked at the bottom of the show notes. Tell me how you have broken the ministry cycle, what you've done to keep yourself refreshed and renewed in your ministry. Until next time, this is Carl on Kidman Talk. <laughs>